Welcome to the Covenant Experience Podcast. At Covenant, we are growing passionate followers of Jesus Christ who serve all people. If you live in the tri-state area, we welcome you to join us on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. You can find more information about us online at covenantexperience.com or call us at 304-876-2212 with any questions. And now today's message. We love mothers at this church. We love kids, and mothers are a very vital, important aspect of that, that uh, equation, aren't they? In many ways, um, we are blessed by the moms that are a part of Covenant, and we are thankful for them uh, in today, and we want to say thank you. We know Mother's Day for, for me, um, my wife and I, it, it's kind of a bittersweet. I get to celebrate my wife. I've been married to her for 22 years, but my, my, my wife and I both have lost our mothers uh, very early. Uh, what we, most people would say they were in their uh, 60, early 60s when my, my mom and my mother-in-law passed away. So it's kind of a hard day as well because you, you deal with a lot, the passing of a mom. That's, that's difficult. And Mother's Day brings back so many of those memories and those, those things that, about your mom and you, you, know, you want to call. And so it's kind of a bittersweet day. It's a bittersweet day for some, some of you women because, you know, you have babies that, that never came into this world and you will get to see them in heaven. And, and my wife and I share that same uh, heart with you because we've, go, we've gone through that as well. Um, and we have two children in heaven. Um, and so for some of you mothers, you may be dealing with the fact that you're trying to have a child and it's, it's difficult and things aren't going as quite ex- as you expected. My heart for you today is that I hope that you come to the understanding that, that God's presence in your life is, is there. God loves you. Our, your church family loves you and cares about you. And we want to celebrate mothers today, but we don't want to also uh, make that a painful experience for some of you in that way. We want you to realize that we love you and we care for each one of you uh, during this time. Um, uh, and so I want to say during some difficult times, Mother's Day is kind of, can be a difficult time. Uh, but it also can be a very happy time remembering the women who've impacted us. And and, in the story that we have today from 2 Timothy that Pastor Jack read, chapter 1 is where we're going to spend our time, we we get to see um, two mothers, a grandmother and a mother of of a young man who is a pastor of a a church. And uh, we get the opportunity to talk about the family heritage now, family heritage is very important. For some of you, your family heritage and, and your Christian heritage started many generations ago. Maybe it was great-great-grandparents that came to Christ and, and they taught down through the ages about Jesus. Each child must decide for themselves who they're going to follow, whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. But we also know that parents, moms, you play an important role in that aspect of them following Jesus. And so we want you to take seriously that opportunity you have been given by God to be a faith influencer in your children's lives. And we want to make sure that you understand how important that is. For me, it's very important because I look back at my generations of my family and it really only a couple generations back and both my grandparents uh, becoming Christians and followers of Jesus. And then my, my mom and my dad uh, my dad, my mom met, and my, my dad became a follower of Christ because of my mom. And so we have this, asp- the, this very, my generations of faith heritage is very small, but I have some very important people in my life that have contributed and made me the man I am today. 
because of that. And there are some women that have done that. And, 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 and there's some very interesting stories behind those women. See, today my meemaw and my nandy, my mom's mom and dad, would be scandalous. Because my nandy was 13 years older than my meemaw, which is not scandalous in and of itself, except for the fact that when they met, my nandy was her school bus driver. That would have been scandalous. She was kicked off the basketball team because of it. They got married, and they lived apart for six months before they told anybody that they had gotten married. Now, what started off as scandalous actually turned into something pretty incredible because the fact of the matter, my mom and Nandy were married until the day my Nandy died in 2000 at the age of 93 years old. They had six kids. The oldest of which, David, my uncle David. My uncle David one day was invited by a friend of his to go to church. At church, he heard about Jesus. He became a follower of Jesus. He went home, told his parents about Jesus. And my mom and Nanny came to faith, and brothers and sisters came to faith, one of which was my mom, who was the fourth of the six in the family. David became a Christian. My Mima and Nanny became followers of Christ. And so that heritage is very important to me. My Mima was a very important, impactful person in my life. My mom was a very important, impactful person in my life. I knew... When I was a young man serving in churches, pastoring churches, that on Sunday morning I had two of the most godly, powerful women praying for me when I preached. I knew I did between my mom and my meemaw that would make an impact on me. My, uh, my, those two powerful women, and I, I knew that they were an important part of my life. Timothy, likewise, had two women that made a very deep, powerful impact on his life. And in 1 Timothy chapter, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I am reminded, Paul tells him, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Every person is a pot product of their upbringing. A child does not inherit their faith from their parents, but a child can be nurtured to faith by their parents or even their grandparents. The Old Testament, which would be influential in the life of Lois and Eunice because they were Jewish descent. We know this from uh, Acts chapter 16 when we're first, it says Shema Yisrael, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Ahad is how it goes in Hebrew. But I'll read it in English for you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. For the Jewish tradition was to make sure Scripture in the Old Testament was at a forefront of every home. 
It was an important aspect of learning and growing up to be a, a person who followed God. It was an important aspect of, to uh, learn about God in, in different ways, and you would learn about it through the Scriptures, and they put it everywhere. Paul, in our passage this morning, wanted Timothy to look back at his mother and his grandmother and the faith that they had instilled into him, the stories that they had put into his life, the words of God that they had taught and instructed him in, and he wanted him to dwell back on that and take courage in that so that he could be, live his life for God's kingdom as a young pastor of a church. Paul wanted Timothy to see the genuine faith of Lois and Eunice, the visible faith and the shared faith of these two women. So what type of faith did these two women display? First of all, they displayed a genuine faith. We hear about Eunice, the mother of Timothy, in Acts chapter 16 during Paul's second missionary journey. It says this in Acts 16, 1 through 2, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. So we learn from this passage that Eunice was Jewish, Timothy's mom. Pretty sure that, and we know that she married a Greek. Now we don't know anything about her, his father except for that he was Greek, which means probably more than likely he was not a follower of Christ or it would have been mentioned by Luke and Acts and probably been mentioned by Paul when he wrote to Timothy about his father's faith. So we're pretty sure that the faith of the father was not there. But we don't know anything else about Timothy's father except what we have in these two passages. But what we know about the mother, she was very conscious about her decision to follow Christ. Like my Mima and Nandy, where my uncle led them to Christ and then they came to Christ. Maybe you have a faith heritage like that where the, the children lead the mom and dad to Christ. But their faith... The faith of Eunice is very evident to Paul. So much so that he, he mentions it to Timothy in this letter as an example to Timothy to follow, to live up to. Paul also speaks of the genuine faith as being evidence in, in his grandmother as well in, in 2 Timothy 1.5. Genuine faith is something that is real. It's something that is authentic. It's not something that is just put on display when it needs to be put on display. It's not something that is there in times of trouble. It's not something that is there on certain days of the week. Genuine faith doing, it is a gift of God. There obviously was a change in both the lives of Eunice and Lois that marked that their belief in Jesus as the Messiah that they had understood from their Jewish roots and that this Messiah was Jesus Christ which changed the trajectory of their lives forever. And that resulting trajectory changed Timothy's life forever. This genuine faith that we are called to live out is marked by the characteristics of Christ, characteristics of love that seeks the needs and preferences of others over our own. Loving others above self is countercultural in our society. People want to fight about their rights and what's best for them and what they want instead of talking about how do we love one another better. 
Genuine faith is a work in progress. You might have heard people say something to the effect of, I don't want to go to church because church is full of hypocrites. You heard anybody ever say that? Yep. Guess what? Welcome to the Hypocrite Club. I'm Chris Walls. I'll be the president and senior pastor. No, I'm just kidding. We're all hypocrites, right? Our faith is constantly being worked out with fear and trembling. Should be worked out with fear and trembling. Genuine faith is not something that is completed. It's something that is always in process. It's always growing. It's always learning. It's always being engaged in life so that it can be used in your life. Loved what Rich Mullins once said about the hypocrite, the idea of church being full of hypocrites. He said, I never understood why going to church made you a hypocrite either because nobody goes to church because they're perfect. If you've got it all together, you don't need to go to church. You can go jogging with all the perfect people in the world. Every time you go to church, you're confessing again to yourself, to your family, to the people you pass on the way there, to the people who greet you there, that you don't have it all together and that you need their support. You need their direction. You need some accountability. You need help. We all need help to help us develop a genuine faith that truly lives out what God wants us to live out. We can't do it on our own, and we have to grow in that faith, and we have to work on that faith. And that's why Paul tells us to work out our faith with fear and trembling. To live out a faith for God is must be genuine, realizing that you are never finished work this side of heaven. Genuine faith is someone, is someone who is in the process of becoming what God wants them to be. Faith is not only genuine, it's also a true believer. Our light should shine always. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. <coughs> in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may be, see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. A genuine faith is a visible faith that impacts the world around you. A visible faith comes from a changed heart. A visible faith is being filled with God's love that spills over so that the whole world sees Christ in you. This is what happened in Acts chapter 11 with the church at Antioch. The disciples there lived out their faith so much that the people around the church at Antioch first called them Christians. The word Christians, Christ being anointed one, T-I-A-N being little, little anointed ones, or little Christ. That's where we get that word. To the day, the world, the world has lost its, the word has lost its meaning in our world. Christian can be anybody that wants to call themselves a Christian. But for disciples, their faith was to so visible to everyone around them that people saw them and called them little Christ. Lois and Eunice's faith was evident, and they didn't hide it. Paul states that Lois, Timothy's grandmother, came to faith first and then Eunice. See, Paul met Lois and Eunice in Lystra. 
on his second ministry, missionary journey in Acts 16 that we looked at earlier. On Paul's first missionary journey, he came to Lystra with his uh, friend Barnabas. It's found in Acts chapter 14. <coughs> Excuse me. Allergies. Paul healed a crippled man in, in Lystra. The people began to worship Paul and Barnabas. Then some false teachers came along, started turning the people of Lystra against Paul and Barnabas, ran them out of town, and tried to stone Paul. In fact, Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, will tell Timothy, you remember what happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions that I endure. And he says, anyone who wants to live a visible life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Timothy knew firsthand what had happened to Paul. Might have seen what happened to Paul at Lystra. And it's told of young Timothy. And Timothy ends up going on, continuing on with Paul on his second missionary journey. Then later, he is put in charge of the church at Ephesus, and he's the pastor of the church of Ephesus. This visible faith had changed Timothy's life. So visible, Paul even took him under his wing. The faith that we see in Lois and Eunice is, only genuine and is not only genuine and visible, but it is also shared. You have to share faith. They taught young Timothy probably both the Jewish faith and as he grew up and about Jesus. And put their, when they put their faith and trust in him, they talked about Jesus and the, being the Messiah and told Timothy, young Timothy about those this is why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, but as for you, continue in what you have learned as Jesus. Timothy knew the Old Testament. He had been trained in it by his grandmother and his mother. Mobs, you have a tremendous responsibility to share your faith with your children, to make it very evident to them to read scripture to them early and often <coughs> share what God is taking you through how he's forming you how he's making you better share with them the hardships of your life too don't be scared to let them know that just because you're a faithful follower of Christ that things are, e are going to be easy all the time because they're not share them and open the Bible to read to them Teach them how to read it. Share with them the scriptures that impact your life and how they use, or God is using them to teach you as a follower of Christ. When I became student pastor here, before I accepted the position of student pastor a couple months ago, one of the first three people I went to were my three children. There was a couple of reasons I wanted to. One is I wanted their opinion, what they thought. Hey, I'm looking to become the student pastor. I got two kids that are still in the student ministry here at the church. One's a junior, one's a freshman. So I've got two boys that are still here. And so I was like, I wanted to know what from them. Hey, I'm going to become the student pastor. What do you think about it? What's your thoughts? I wanted their opinion. But here's what I wanted from them. I wanted to see them, me, and what my 
what I was struggling with, what I was going through, what I was praying about. I wanted them also to pray for me about what I, decision I was making. And I wanted them to know about what God was doing in my life. You've got to share things, those experiences with your kids. Let them know what's going on in your life. Let them know that your faith is real and your faith is solid. Your faith is being put out there on display for them constantly. My meemaw would get up every morning. And the first place you would find her is in her chair with her Bible and a devotional reading God's word every morning. Every time I ever saw her in the morning, that was the first place she would be. She would get up early in the morning, and that was the first thing she did. When I became student pastor, one of the first things I told your kids was is I would teach them about God's word. I would try to be a good example to them of what it meant to be a man of character. But I'm gonna tell you right now, you gotta talk to them about what you're reading. You gotta talk to them about what God's doing in your life and how he's influencing you and impacting you and making a difference in your life so that they see that the faith that you have is genuine. That they know that the God that you serve loves them and will help them and guide them through their lives. You have to make that impact. I'll do the best I can, but I get them for a small smidge at a time. You get them a lot more than I do. Moms, grandmothers, you have a great responsibility to share your faith with your kids or your grandkids. Don't waste the opportunities that God has given you to share that faith and make an impact on their world. The church covenant is there to help but you're the primary faith influencer. One of the biggest, Chris, I don't know why I'm here anymore. I don't know why God's got me here. And I said, I'm gonna tell you right now, Ma, it's to share Jesus with whoever you come in contact with. She goes, well, I'm trying. One of the cool stories that happened to me was when I was in seminary, I actually interviewed for the youth pastor position at her church. I didn't really want to move to the small West Texas town as a single guy and be the youth pastor in a small town. It wasn't my dream, but it was kind of a nostalgic thing that the church that my meemaw and Nandy attended were, was looking for a youth pastor. I said, well, I'll interview for it. I interviewed for it. Didn't get the position. Don't know that I would have taken it if I could have or got offered. But several months later, the pastor of the church who had interviewed me for that position was at my meemaw's house. And in many of y'all's house, there was a fireplace, and next to the fireplace was a bookshelf. And on that bookshelf was the pictures of all her grandkids. Now, I'm the fourth youngest of the grandkids. There's three more younger than me. I'm the fourth from the bottom. And there's a lot of, a, a, a lot of grandkids in front of me. But the pastor was going through all the grandkids, and Meemaw was telling the stories about who they were, where they lived, different aspects of their lives, who they married, how many kids they had, all the details, who they belonged to, what child they belonged to. And he finally, he comes to my picture and says, hey, I know that one. She goes, yes, you do. And he says to her, you know, he would have been our youth pastor if he had been married. My meemaw in her quiet West Texas tones said, you know what? I think he'd have been your youth pastor if God wanted him to be. 
my Meemaw had that kind of faith. That whatever God wanted to do, he could do it. And she trusted him. And I hang on to that heritage greatly. I hang on to the heritage that has been given and passed down to me from generations. And I'm very appreciative of the faith that has been lived out before me by those who love Jesus and loved me. Moms, you have that same opportunity to make an impact on your children's lives that'll last generations. Take that opportunity and do it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your grace and your goodness towards us. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we pray that we would live worthy of that calling and our faith would be encouraged each day. Lord, I pray for the mothers in this room that you would draw them closer to you, that their faith would be encouraged, their walk with me invites you to respond. Hi, everybody. Pastor Joel here, and I am so glad you stopped by. I pray this podcast helps you in your walk with God. And if you're listening with questions about faith of any sort, God is not afraid of those questions, and neither are we. Join us any Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning. If you're new to our area and looking for a church home, I hope we'll see you soon and have the opportunity to welcome you properly and personally through our doors. And if you live in the tri-state area, but you're already a part of one of the other phenomenal church families here, I pray this podcast has been a great addition to the primary teaching you already receive from your local pastor and that you've been better equipped to serve your own church family. So let's all go make Jesus famous this week. Share his love every chance you get until we meet again. And God bless you.